podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry. Regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I'm coming to you live today from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention from our annual meeting. We are so thankful for the opportunity to gather together to worship the Lord, to lift high the name of the Jesus, and to just do a little bit of planning and vision casting for the future. And I have a wonderful friend who is with me, Debbie Moore of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Debbie, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Andrea. I'm I'm so excited that you're here, Debbie. We get to do ministry together. We um, have been friends for many years now, and I've watched God do an incredible work in and through your life, all for the glory of God. And so well, I, I love him, you. And I'm thankful for you. It's a blessing to partner with you and with our state convention. And uh, I'm just glad to be here with you today. I remember the first time we met. We were at my home church, Second Baptist in That's Conway. Right. Do you remember? Yeah. And uh, we met together in this small little room. It was a side room off of the worship um, service area, the, the worship center. And it was so cold that day. For whatever reason, the air was yep. the, the heat was off. Just like right now. It was freezing. And so I don't know why that's etched in my, my memory, but what I remembered the most about that day is how God knit our hearts together. I think mm-hmm. both of us left that meeting going, thank you, Lord, for connecting us exactly. because we we just want to serve the Lord. That's exactly right. And it's gotten better ever since. And we're moving forward. Yes. And praise God. Yes. So tell us about you. So many people know you, but let's assume that there's someone out there who doesn't know Debbie Moore. Tell us all about you and what you do here at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Uh, well, uh, I'm, in, I'm from Hope, Arkansas. That's where I was born and raised and grew up in First Baptist Church where um, our pastors and leaders were strong missions examples and teachers by their lives, by their examples, by our pastors preaching. I grew up learning about missions. I was... Uh, had the privilege of being a sunbeam, which you have no clue what that I was, is. No, I do know Mission about that. Mission Friends Mission now. Friends, yeah. yes. So in yes. the GAs. And God's call to missions, I've always said, started when I was a preschooler and grew as I grew. I can remember my sunbeam leader coming in on Wednesday nights. We would sit in a circle in the floor, and she would have what I thought was a beach ball in her hands. Uh, I know now it was a world globe, but she would point to places on that ball and say there are people who live here who don't know Jesus. She would turn it and point to another place, another color on that ball, and say there are people who live here who don't know Jesus. And then she would turn it to the place on the ball that she would point and say, and this is Hope, Arkansas. There are people who live here who don't know Jesus, but there are many of us who do, and our job is to go and tell those who don't who Jesus is. That's when God planted that seed of missions in my heart and grew the the call gradually, and then when I was, hmm, I don't know, 17, 18 at Camp Perrin, serving on staff for our GA camps that summer, I knew for sure that God was calling me to be an international missionary. Uh, 
Long story short, left on Christmas Day of 1982 after fulfilling the requirements of the Foreign Mission Board, as it was at that time, and uh, flew to Liberia, West Africa, privilege of serving there in West Africa for 17 years, and then God's call moved me to North Africa, uh, where I began to work more with Muslim women. But between those years, I started my call and fulfilling my call at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention as the state GA director from 78 to 82. And so then was in West Africa for 17 years, then back to the state convention for three years where I still worked on the WMU team, on the missions education team, and then to North Africa for almost six years, and then back to the state convention in the fall of 07, where I still am. And uh, so that's been my journey in missions, state convention, international missions, state convention, international missions, state convention. It's time for me, Andrea, to go back to international (laughs) international missions missions, Right, it's just that time. that's that's been my journey and I'm following God's call as I go forward. I actually retired as you know yes. in 2016 from the state convention and then came back in the fall of 17 leading Arkansas WMU Women's Missionary Union as the executive director and I am part-time but I don't pay any attention to that. Just like you, we, <laughs> just, right. we just go forward and, and serve God where he puts us and however we can. And That's, oh, I love that. I love your story. I love your willingness to go. Uh, just the surrender that says, here am I, Lord, send me. And so what was life like in uh, West Africa? Just take us back. What was that like when oh, you think goodness. of memories? Um, I love living in West Africa. One of the things, well, most of all, I love the people. And uh, I love the pace, the pace of life in West Africa is slow because I'm slow. Uh, that's one word that would describe me. <laughs> I was going to ask uh, you that next. <laughs> practical and uh, no clutter. And, and so it's good to be with West African people, bless their hearts. In many ways, they have nothing, but the Christians there are so joyful. And I love to, to be with West African believers and I've learned so much from them. Um, Life is very basic, simple, many times no electricity, no running water. Uh, Sometimes we would have that. But the joy that I saw in the lives of Liberian Christians uh, helped to to grow me. And I realized that joy does not depend on your situation. It doesn't depend on a season. Uh, It's Jesus Christ. Amen to that. And I'm so thankful. So you served for many years on the mission field. Um, what would surprise our listeners to know about a life of uh, the missionary? Hmm. You know, sometimes I don't know if anybody's surprised about anything anymore, anytime. But uh, I think maybe it's good for people to to know, if you don't already know this, that missionaries are just real, normal, ordinary people. I mean, we all are sinners saved by grace. We all have our days when we somebody needs to just lock us in a room and throw the key away. <laughs> and, you know, we still have those sinful times, and we, we need his forgiveness all the time. And 
and it's just by God's grace and his love that we can keep going forward. Missionaries, uh, of course, are called to go to a different place. Not all people are called to move to a different country to work with another people group, but we're all called. So we're just normal, ordinary, um, and make lots of mistakes, do lots of dumb things. And, uh, and we need people praying for missionaries right. all gonna, the time. I was going to bring that up. You know, you need support. Missionaries mm-hmm. need support. And uh, one thing that I know that you're passionate about is praying for missionaries. I don't know, Debbie, if it was you or if it was someone else that mentioned to me that oftentimes when you were on the mission field that you would actually wait to do something that required a move of God and that it would happen right around your birthday because Mm -hmm. you knew that people were praying for you. Did you mention that to me at some point? I may have, but I've heard other missionaries say that as well. And I remember doing that actually um, um, in 1991 or two. I don't remember the exact date. Liberia was in civil war. And, it, and my birthday happened shortly after the Civil War started. Uh, bombs were flying over our houses at night, exploding in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, the, the Americans who were there, the, the missionaries, were not the ones that were in the line of fire, but we were caught because it, it was a tribal war and we had to experience what everybody else was experience, experiencing. And so my birthday came. Uh, all of our electrical lines had been cut down. There was no way to communicate with our families in the States. I mean, it was totally different then than it is now. Um, and so I, on my birthday, June 12 of that year, I felt an overwhelming sense of God's presence and power and protection uh, during a time that was just full of fighting and bombs and, and killing in our country. Uh, Eventually, the U.S. government evacuated uh, Americans in Liberia and put us in other West African countries temporarily, Uh, but I can remember that very well today, as if it were yesterday, the, the strong presence of God on my birthday because I knew that, first of all, my mother was praying and friends and, and family church members across the United States were praying for the missionaries in Liberia. That's so powerful, and I know that the lessons you learned and the presence of God in that moment, it impacted you, it changed you, and uh, you you were, you know, probably at a place where you could have experienced a lot of anxiety yes. and a lot of fear, but, you know, I trust God gave you a peace, you know, during that time, knowing that he was with you, Very that he much. was for you, that he was positioning you for restoration and for protection as well. So you've seen both sides of mission work. You've been on the field and you've been at home in a supportive role. Talk to us about why both aspects of both being on the field and then being here at home in a supportive role are very important and actually complement one another. Yes. Uh, Well, first of all, it's important for each one of us to say yes to God's call. If he wants us to stay right here in Arkansas and serve him, then our response should be, yes, Lord. If he calls us to go to another country, uh, our response should be, yes. And so in that way, it's important that we have missions prayers for those who respond to his call to go, and it's important that we have those who say, yes, I will go wherever you call. Uh, So we we support each other in that way. We complement each other in that way because you have to have people standing in the gap 
holding the ropes for those who, who go. And then those who go are going, first of all, for Jesus and to represent the ones who are at home giving and praying so that they can stay on the field. And one thing that just sets apart um, Southern Baptist life is our cooperative program giving. And so when somebody asks you, what, what is cooperative program giving? What does that mean? And how does that impact mission work? How do you explain that to them? Yes. Uh, you know, Andrea, I've been a recipient of the cooperative program, of cooperative program giving uh, throughout my career as I was uh, a student at Washita Baptist University. Um, and then at Southwestern Seminary and working with the convention and with our International Mission Board. So all of those are funded to help support, support it through our cooperative program. The cooperative program, born in 1925, um, has proven to be our lifeline of mission support. It's, uh, I believe that we don't give to the cooperative program like we, do, like we give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering or to the Dixie Jackson Arkansas Missions offering. We give through the cooperative program. It's a channel, a channel of blessing. It's the uh, unified plan of giving for Southern Baptists, and it has supported missions work, missions activities, missionaries all through these years since 1925. And uh, I believe in it with all my heart. I do, too, because when you give to the local church, you're giving to the, the gospel mission. Exactly. You know, and so many people are being impacted. Yeah. And that dollar that you're giving, it's, it's reaching. It's a far-reaching impact because we give through the cooperative yes. program. Uh, the cooperative program is cooperative ministry. So we are serving, and as we say all the time, we can do much more together than we can alone. And so that cooperation is what's so important. So people need to know about that. Right. They need to be educated on cooperative program giving and really be investing in God's work through their local church, and then that goes exactly to the ends right. of the earth. You mentioned earlier in our conversation that you are passionate about Muslim women, mm -hmm. uh, that you, uh, I know because we've lived life together, that you seek them out, uh, you go to where they are, and you build relationships with them for the purpose of the gospel. So tell us a little bit about how God planted that passion in your heart, and then what it looks like to just be very intentional in your relationships with Muslim women. Yes, uh, I did have opportunities in West Africa between 1982 and 99 to connect with a few Muslim women, but Liberia was one of Southern Baptist's first mission fields, so they were, there were already a number of churches and Christians in Liberia, so I was not working directly with Muslims. I did meet some Muslim families, but in 19, oh goodness, forget the years, I can't even remember <laughs> what year we're in right now, but yes. God called me to move to Algeria, North Africa, and to be uh, working among people who had not had the opportunity to hear much about Jesus, like in Liberia. So I moved to uh, Algeria, and uh, I had to go first to Marseille, France, 
because, of course, you don't go into a Muslim nation as a Christian missionary. So I was on the southern coast of France, just right across the Mediterranean from Algeria, uh, asking God to make an opening for me to move into Algeria. And I began to meet Algerian Muslim women in Marseille because there are hundreds and hundreds of Muslim women all over Western Europe, uh, Muslim families. And so one day, two teammates, two other IMB workers, and I went to a huge supermarket in town to prayer walk and to ask God to put Algerian Muslim women in our paths because all of us were planning to move into Algeria at some point when we found out what our platform would be. And um, so I remember going in this grocery store and spotting a Muslim woman at the... um, She was buying tea leaves to, to make her mint tea. And so... I followed her. I didn't know if she was Algerian, but I I thought she would be. I followed her through the checkout, across the street, into a park, and when she stopped to bend over at the hydrant, water hydrant, to get her a drink from her hands, I just walked up to her and spoke to her, and I spoke to her in French. I don't speak Arabic, but in French, and she looked up and just smiled at me, and we began talking, and within 25 minutes, she had invited me to her apartment for mint tea. And Saliha is a dear friend of mine today, still does not know Jesus as her personal Savior, but I've always said that prayer stalking is what I yes. <laughs> love to do, and I still do, even here in Arkansas. I just prayer stalked her until I ended up with her in her apartment and then met her husband, Abdul Kareem, and their four children. And so the passion that I have for Muslim women is brought about by their generosity, their hospitality, and mainly the fact that they don't know Jesus, and that's who I want them to know. Absolutely. So, for someone who's listening today, and and they say, I want to, I want to reach out to a, a woman of a different culture, a different background, a different ethnicity. You know, how are how are we able to be intentional in that process? Because we have to take it from just this concept mm-hmm. of I want to engage in you know God's work among Muslim women to actually practical steps. So, what are some things in addition to prayer stalking that you have done over the years that have been very helpful for you in this? process? Um, I have found that Muslim women, wherever I meet them, wherever I spot one, and I saw one in a Dollar General store yesterday and had a nice conversation with her, um, just they they need Christian friends. Uh, a lot of times they're afraid to speak to us, but we as believers in Jesus who have the joy of the Lord in our hearts can smile at a Muslim woman and just start a conversation. It may not last long that time, but I always pray that that woman will come back into my path at wherever I'm shopping, and I'll be able to see her again, and that happens. And they are so um, desiring of of an American friend and to to visit in an American home and have someone that will show concern for them that they are just so excited when someone actually says hello to them. And um, so my first friend here in Little Rock, I met at the container store and uh, ended up in her home about an hour later visiting with her. Um, they are much more hospitable than we are, yeah. and we can benefit from yeah. learning from them and just becoming a part of their lives and then just doing life with them 
take, helping them to know how to open a bank account, helping them with their children's school activities. I, I actually get to be uh, a grandparent uh, at one of the elementary schools here in Little Rock, one of my Iraqi friends. Uh, her daughter in the sixth grade, her grandma is in Iraq, so I become the, her grandma when it's grandparents' day at school. Just, just being a part of their lives and helping and showing love and caring about them. That's it's how so we reach good. Them. So good because it's so practical. It's so easy. It's just living life together, mm-hmm. and it's recognizing the value of relationship, you know. And then also yeah. not viewing an individual as a project, but yes. rather as a person. And I, don't don't we all, you know, need that in our lives? For somebody to just see us right where we are, and yes. someone to say, "I I love you," and God loves you, and God has a plan for you. And you know, it's very practical, like just you know having tea together, or mm-hmm. opening a bank account, or mm-hmm. you know, just visiting in the Kroger checkout line. Right. I mean, that's that's usually where it happens for me. So I love just the simplicity of that because it really does take the pressure off of us and it just gives us a path to just be intentional in mm-hmm. our day. So really very, very practical. All right, so um, obviously you are very passionate about mission work, uh, Arkansas WMU. Tell us some of the things that are happening in the area of uh, women's uh but tell us about some areas of how God is working in Arkansas WMU and how women can be a part of that. Well, because of my passion for reaching Muslim women, I put a strong uh, emphasis on that and, and want Arkansas women, uh, WMU, Women's Ministry, all Arkansas Baptist women to, to, to love the internationals with us. And you've already talked with Jamie and with Bit. I mean, we all have the same heart and uh, just reaching uh, international students on our college campuses or people that are just in our communities that we meet in the stores, uh, maybe older women uh, with children and so forth. But um, Arkansas WMU is partnering with our international student ministry, and uh, we're also involved with Christian Women's Job Corps, which is a ministry of WMU. It's not a hand-out ministry, but hands-up, training women with job skills and life skills. And we have five Christian Women's Job Corps sites in our state, and those sites are reaching women and their families for Jesus as they are being, as the women are being trained, uh, and as they do Bible study and are mentored uh, through a eight-week process. Uh, for in the spring and in the fall of the Christian Women's Job Corps sites. So that's an important ministry of WMU. Uh, our Hispanic women wo- women's work is growing, and I'm so thankful for Diana Rodriguez, who is a, a young lady here in, in Little Rock. She's married, has three children. She is a teacher at one of the elementary schools in Little Rock. She speaks, of course, fluent Spanish, and she speaks fluent English, and she is our state Hispanic WMU president, and that group of women, those ladies, are beginning to expand their missions education, missions discipleship in our Hispanic churches across the state. Uh, They are doing excellent work. They are growing faster than the Anglo women are, and we've got a lot to learn from them. Um, So there are many ministries through uh, WMU that ladies can be a part of. Uh, just last week, I took a team of 15 women to Clarkston, Georgia, to learn about the refugees who are in Clarkston, Georgia, a resettlement community, working with one of our North American Mission Board Send Relief missionaries, uh, Lorna Bias, who hosted us and uh, welcomed us at the Refugee Sewing Society with refugee women who are making world crafts, a ministry of WMU, selling those 
and beautiful crafts that they're that they're sowing right there in Clarkston, and then 60% of the profit comes back to them, so that these refugees who have to become self-sufficient in three to six months have this work to do. Uh, so 15 of us went representing 11 churches in our Arkansas Baptist State Convention, and my prayer is that over the next year or two that several of those churches will take groups and return to Clarkston Absolutely. to help with the refugee ministry there. So there's so many ways to get involved, you know, and however yes. God may be stirring your heart today as you listen, just know there's a place for you. And so, Debbie, tell us how to connect with you. How can we connect with Arkansas WMU? Well, you can connect with us through Facebook or 501-626-8011, my cell phone number. Call or text anytime. That's my cell way. phone yeah. number. Uh, <laughs> That's great. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh-huh. Tell us your email address. dmore at absc.org. Awesome. All right, Debbie, thank you so much for the work you're doing here in Arkansas. God is, oh my goodness, he is so glorified in and through your life. When I think about you, I think about the yes that's always on the table. As you say, here am I, send me. And that has taken you all over this world. But we're so glad that for this season, God has brought you right here to good old Arkansas. It is great to do ministry with you. And I'm so excited to see what God has in the future. So stay tuned. Thanks so much, Debbie. God bless. Thanks. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.